Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. was written by Min Hyojung. She didn't write a lot of shows actually. Um, just prior to Full House, she wrote a kind of like it's a, it's a drama that did okay. It's called Oktapan Koyangi, also called called uh, Cat on the Roof. It starred um, Jung Dabin and uh, Kim Nae-won. Uh, unfortunately, Jung Dabin um, passed away uh, due to suicide, which it's it's a common thing among Korean performers, and it's very very sad. But um, so that is how she passed. In any case, um, Min Hyojung wrote the screenplay Full House, which aired one year after Oktapan Koyangi. Full House was directed by Pyo Minsu. He directed a show called um, Worlds Within, which also features Song Hye Kyo, and it's a very very different kind of show. Uh, he also um, directed The Producers which features uh, Kong Yo-jin, one of my favorite um, K-drama actresses, and um, Cha Tae-yeon, right? And Kim Soo-yeon, of course. And IU, my gosh, star-studded kind of show. Full House is a really interesting kind of show that presents domesticity. Um, I feel like the show is arguing that domesticity, Korean domesticity, is shaped by Korean patriarchy. Like, at the start of the show, you see the the beautiful house that um that Jiun lives in, right? Han Jiun, played by Song Hye-kyo. She's living in this gorgeous house with big picture windows. She has this beautiful view of the ocean. There's a little small garden outside of her, um, just outside from her window. And it's a huge house, but it's a mess, right? There's like food wrappers everywhere. There are clothes strewn all over the place. And uh, Song Hye-kyo is sitting at her desk. She's on her, she's at her computer and, you know, she has pigtails, she has glasses, and she's, like, typing away. She's got this, like, frantic, frazzled writer's kind of look. I think Marianne Doan wrote about it, about the, the girl who wears glasses. Like, she's supposedly the unattractive female, right? And the curly, frazzled hair is also, like, an unattractive female character quality. But, like, I mean, she's played by Song Hye-kyo. So, I mean, Song Hye-kyo is, like, drop-dead gorgeous. So it kind of, like... Undo- it's it's attempting at that kind of um, pers- like character type, but it's hard to really convince the viewer that she's an unattractive person, right? They do kind of construct her as this sort of out of sorts, she's a bit of a mess, like not quite put together type of uh, character. Um, Han Jiun, she lives by herself in this enormous house. We don't know how she supports herself, but we do know that her father built this house. He also passed away along with her mother in a car accident when she was very young. And Han Jiun is very infantilized on this program. Like, she doesn't appear to know anything about the outside world. She literally grew up inside a glass house, like a display case, like like a good-for-nothing Barbie doll. But her two so-called best friends, uh, they're deep in debt. They're also pregnant. So what they do is they tell her that she wants some kind of trip to China and that it's all expenses paid. They book her a first-class ticket 
They tell her that there are people like tourists there. I mean, a tour guide waiting for her there, um, that she's going to be put up at a really nice hotel. But when she gets there, there's like none of that. Nobody's there. Also, while she's in China, the the these so-called best friends, they sell her house. Uh, they get rid of all of her belongings. They scrape out her savings account, like rob her blind. During that first class flight trip to China, she happens to be sitting next to Yi Youngjie, this asshole kind of actor type played by by P. When Yi Youngjie and Han Jian return to Korea, they get married out of like for contractual purposes. Uh, Yi Youngjie wants Han Jian to make his childhood crush jealous. And the terms are that Han Jian can live with him in his house. Uh, she has to cook and clean for him, which he will pay her, like compensate her with like a small salary. And uh, the terms are that Han Jian will get the house upon their divorce. Her only um, con like condition is that like she is not allowed to speak on their contractual marriage. So like Han Jian is there, like she's always cooking, she's always cleaning. It's this constant thing. Throughout the episodes, you see Han Jian like wake up super early to make Youngjie breakfast, and a Korean breakfast has a lot of elements to it, right? You have to make the rice, you have to make soup, you have to make the panchan. It's it's a huge thing, and he insists on having. Pop for breakfast. He wants rice for breakfast. He doesn't want to just have toast and eggs. Like he's like, no, nah, like that's not good enough, right? She's always wiping down those enormous windows. She's always mopping. She's washing dishes. She's constantly conducting housework. Meanwhile, you see Youngjie lying around on his couch in delight. He's like making demands. He's yelling at her all the time, constantly nagging her, berating her. He calls her stupid. He calls her a chicken. Um, and thank God, like, he doesn't say chicken head because that's got a whole other connotation in English. And Han Jian does all this work begrudgingly. It's very clear from her facial expressions, the things that she says, that housework does not come naturally to a woman. It is not fulfilling, right? Um, it's not something women enjoy. It's hard labor. And it's repetitive, okay? It's labor worth being compensated for because it's very demanding. Hence the 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 hourly fee that Youngjie offers her, and the house that she gets to keep at the end of the contract is also compensation for her hard labor. So Full House does have a very subtle feminist critique embedded in there. What's also clear is that Hanjie never felt the need to be. Domestically laborious until she started living with a man. Before Youngjie started making demands that she cook a huge breakfast for him every morning at 7 a.m., you know, before he started complaining about how messy the house is and Han Jian had to, like, you know, do all this cooking and cleaning, she had a pretty chill life. As we've seen from episode one, the house was a mess. And she was perfectly happy living in that mess, eating instant foods all the time. Also, Han Jian is starting to develop a career as a writer, like a screenwriter. She needs to produce a synopsis for her boss like every single week. It's very demanding. And she can't always meet the deadlines on top of Youngjie's domestic demands at the same time. There's a pretty strong suggestion that a working woman who has domestic responsibilities have it very tough and that it's impossible to perfect both without exhausting oneself. In Professor Kathleen McHugh's book, American Domesticity, from how-to manual to Hollywood melodrama, she writes the following. Housework is trivial, dull, stultifying labor, work only a woman in love or impoverished would willingly do, repetitive, strenuous, 
endless infantilizing. And McHugh separates domesticity from housework, okay? While housework has these negative connotations built out of a feminist critique, domesticity has different associations. So this is what McHugh writes. She writes, domesticity by contrast refers to home, family, maternity, warmth, hearth, to the creation of a private place where we can be who we really are to a set of experiences, possessions, and sentiments that are highly symbolically valued in our culture, right? So at the end of Full House, you see Han Ji-yeon and Young-jae tidying up after a house party, right? Together as a couple, they're fighting over who's going to clear the table, right? It's safe to say that Han Ji-yeon went from houseworker to a domestic woman after getting remarried to Young-jae out of mutual love and respect, whereas in the first um in the first like 15 episodes it wasn't quite like that also Yeongjae got a taste of his own medicine when he moved into Hanjian's house post divorce because he had nowhere else to go and uh so he agreed to cook and clean for Hanjian now that she's a big shot screenwriter and he's at her mercy right cuz his the film that he was in flopped and his career is marred by scandal and all this shit. So there's one scene when Han Jin's eating cookies on the, on the couch and while Young just wiping the floor you see her cookie crumbs falling onto the floor, right? And the camera is like very low. It's like down eye level to him on the floor and she keeps dropping crumbs. He keeps wiping it and then she drops crumbs again, rewipes it. And then eventually he just blows his stack out of frustration. You know, he thinks she's being so inconsiderate. He thinks she's doing it on purpose. And she's not. She's just eating cookies. That's all she's doing. But it's an it's an important learning lesson for Young-jae, right? As a man, and for him to see what kind of demands he put on Han-jiun at all times to routinely clean up after him, which was annoying as hell, and that that cleaning up is an endless thing as long as there are people living there you will always have to clean and it's very routine it's very repetitive and it never ends so in this sense full house has a very empathetic framing of the houseworker as well as the working woman who has domestic responsibilities but it also glamorizes i think it glamorizes domestic achievement and heteronormative coupling as the end game full house would have been a very different show in the end if young jae just like went away completely and han ji-yeon just return to her pigsty life back at her house and she's a successful screenwriter and it almost did have that ending by the way and then Young-jae had to move back in make his Weasley return in fact Han-jae became the glue that patched up Young-jae's familial structure back together like especially because Young-jae and, and his father have a very strained relationship because his father is a doctor he's an overly patriarchal violent kind of man and Jiun has this gap in her own life where she lost her parents she's an orphan and so Young-jae's family fills that gap for her ultimately this can even be read as Jiun wanting Young-jae solely for his parents and grandmother in her life right to make up for the loss that she endured Young-jae just becomes a catalyst for her to get to that achievement to to gain back a family that she lost. But of course there's love as well. Hence this is a romantic comedy. Han Ji-yeon is played by Song Hye-kyo, right? She was so young back then, little lady, only 23 years old. 
so young. And Song Yikyo has a pretty interesting career. She started out as a commercial model in her teens, and then her TV career actually began in sitcoms. A lot of people don't know this, but I grew up watching her in this sitcom called Hengjin. Like a lot of people from her generation of acting began in sitcoms. You don't have a lot of Korean sitcoms these days, but um, quite a few people started out in sitcoms. Like Song Seung-eun, he started out, you know, in a sitcom called Namjas Hit, Yojas Hit. That was hugely popular. If you're about my age and you're Korean, Korean-American, you know what I'm talking about. And then Song Seung-eun and, you know, Song Yigo, they both left the sitcom world in order to do a melodrama, right, called uh, Kal Dongha, or Autumn in My Heart, came out in the year 2000. Uh, and what a depressing show that was. I was at the peak of my adolescence at the time, and people my age who grew up watching Korean dramas are all probably frozen in a state of depression because of that show. Like, it is so messed up. The screenwriter was brutal to the characters in that drama. I don't know why. It, like, they just, she just didn't give the protagonists a break. Swing Yigo did another very heavy drama called All In in 2003, opposite Lee Byung-hun. And she was briefly engaged to him, but they broke up. I love Song Yigo because um, her performance in Full House is like, you know, you could really see her flexing her comedic muscles on that program, which she honed during her sitcom days. And she did some like very melodramatic performances in the years prior to this. You know, they were very heavy. So it was really great to see her be playful on a show like Full House. Song Yigo was also pretty famous for dating like her um co-stars right like she almost married Lee Byung-un and thank god she didn't because I mean she almost got syphilis most likely already got it no I'm just kidding I don't know if Lee Byung-un has syphilis he most likely doesn't but I'm pretty sure he has some other things he's very slutty looking what can I say he looks slutty and evil that's that's just my opinion she dated her co-star Hyunbin okay yes they dated can you believe that they dated after they starred in that show Worlds Within together they were playing um drama PDs actually my goodness, yeah. Then Song Yigyo married her co-star um, Song Joong-gi from Descendants of the Sun, right? And it's too bad that marriage did not last. I was very shocked when I first heard that they were dating. And then I was even more shocked when I heard that they were separating. It was like very, very shocking news for me. I, I really dig um, Korean star goss. I do. I'm into it. And I think I think it's pretty tough being the most beautiful woman in Korea. A lot of people say it's Kim Tae-hee, but I am team Song Yigyo all the way. It's just, I grew up with her. What can I say? Speaking of Kim Tae-hee, we all know her current husband who plays Young Jae, right? P, also known as Rain. Okay. P and Song Yigyo were very young in this drama. They were just kids. Their faces are still dripping with baby fat. It's adorable. Full House is not P's first drama. He was in a really weird melodrama called Sangdu Let's Go to School. Uh, opposite Kong Hyojin in 2003. I liked P's performance in Full House a lot. I felt like he and Song Yigyo had great comedic chemistry together. Um, they don't have they didn't have a lot of range on that show, honestly. But I would I would say that that's the screenwriter's fault. It's like literally every single episode of that show. There are 16 episodes, but like 15 of them, it's about the 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 peak conflict is like one of them is being kicked out of the house or like packing up their bags to leave the house because they can't stand being in each other's presence. It's really ridiculous. I was like, can you just kind of think outside the box for a second and come up with a different form of conflict? It's so annoying. Today we're gonna talk to one of my favorite LA performers. Her name's Natisha Anderson. And you've seen her on Maria Bamford's Netflix TV show called Lady Dynamite. 
You also saw her on Nickelodeon's All That. You've seen her on CSI. She was also in a TBS comedy series called Anchi Tribeca. And Natisha's not only a really great actress, but she's a hilarious stand-up comedian. And she's also a very well-trained professional clown. Like, I mean, she's got some clown stories. I learned so much about clowning from Natisha whenever we talk about it. And I'm very excited to speak with her. So let's talk to Natisha Anderson. Are we doing it? Is it doing her time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. I'm good. I'm, I feel uh, I have a lot to be grateful for. That's nice. That's yeah. a good feeling to have. Yeah, I have, somebody gave us these matching pajama onesies. Oh, wow. And I've never been the person who's like, let's get matching clothes. And somebody gave us these matching pajama onesies. And they're so like they're so big, the crotch comes to your knees on it. <laughs> and it has a hook. So it's like a big like potato bag. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I'm that lady now. I'm like... Oh, you're so cute in your matching pajama. <laughs> you're so cute. I'm that lady now. And I never in my life, I made fun of that lady. And now I'm that lady. You're talking about uh, Korean dramas? Korean TV shows? <laughs> yeah, some kind of. Yes and no. Um, okay, that's yeah. awesome. That's like perfect. I, I, I saw I saw that what you're doing. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, this is so like good for you. And you're like the queen of this. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I'll just I'll just do this. Why not? I mean, it's not like I have any job prospects, you know. It's funny like when I when I was graduating from college in 2009, I graduated into a recession and then this year I'm graduating into a pandemic. So, it's like Yeah, I don't know what's with me on schooling. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you did it. You hung in there and now you're are you you doctor, doctor? Uh I guess I'm gonna be in yeah. June. <laughs> Doctor Grace, you need like a Doctor Grace like party or something, or a Doctor Grace party, yeah. or like when you do stand up, you should be announced as Doctor Grace always, <laughs> always be Doctor Grace. Yeah, I don't know about that. I I think that would sound too weird. I don't know if I could handle it if somebody right. called me like Doctor Jung. Like I I think that'd be so weird. Like when I graduated college, like I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, did you think it was that big of a deal when you graduated? Um, ugh. I'm the first person in my family to get a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so for that aspect, it was a big deal. And I was like, yeah. And I, I, I was so ready to get out of there, too, that I was mm. like, let's just get, like, my diploma is, like, in a box somewhere. You know, like, I don't care. Right. Like, I'm so, I was so ready to, like, be done, like, get it and get out, you know? Uh -huh. And then last minute, we have this stupid writer's comp exam mm -hmm. that everybody has to take. And the last minute, I found out I didn't pass. The day I took it, I'm a good writer! But the day <laughs> I took it, it was like thunderstorm, like flash flood warnings. Oh, God. Like, and I raced to this building, and like, it was just like, the whole day was just a nightmare. Oh. And I guess I didn't pass it. <gasps> yeah, it's like a written essay. So I had, I had like, you know, like A grades and um, I can get into grad school grades. Yeah. And then uh, I, because I failed the writer's comp, I had to go back and retake it. And yeah. I retook it, it was fine. Yeah. So, so that was a little stressful. So I was just like, well, am I really going to graduate? Because it's dumb, right? So I don't like standardized tests. You know, I'm, the test makes me anxious. And like, <laughs> I did not like standardized tests. And it wasn't standardized, but it was just like everybody's required to take this 
stupid writing competency. Like, what have we been doing? Yeah, like, be I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know why universities do that. I know so many people who are like that, like mm -hmm. somebody who had like literally one credit dangling and th they couldn't get through to administration and be like, look, this doesn't count. Like I, I'm a straight A student, my major, my department, like they, they know I'm, gr I'm a great student. Um, this one thing and you can't just overlook it. And they're like, no, you're, you're not going to get your diploma. And it's like, they spent like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars going to that fucking school and they're going to fucking hold that shit over them. That's so messed up. I've seen that happen so many times and it's ridiculous. I agree. Education so expensive too. Like it is, it is like it's my husband just went back to grad school and he went to his school's like one of the cheapest grad schools like in mm -hmm. the nation but and, a great film school but a great film school yeah they only took 14 people i'm gonna brag on him <laughs> yeah it's a great um, school yeah yeah but he but it's like looking at financial aid stuff it's like i i don't know i just can't i can't and it took me forever like to pay off my my school loans yeah. and like we sued my dad over it yeah like it, like it, like because I didn't grow up around my dad, but he was like ordered to pay half of it, and then he didn't, and we went to uh, court, and we lost, and it was like this. Oh whole, my god! Yeah, drama, drama. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's what we're here talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm so anxious about these. I do. Yeah. Do you like teaching? Um, I do. Uh, I think teaching is very difficult. I don't think it's something that comes naturally to me. I have to work at it very much. And um, when I first started TA, I was the worst. Like, even I would have hated me, you know? Like, I hated myself TAing. I, I was like very afraid of the students. I was intimidated by them. Um, I felt very little, I had very little confidence in myself and my abilities. And uh, so all of that just is a recipe for disaster. So my first TA ship went poorly. And then, you know, as the quarters, as the years progressed, and as I did more TA ships, I, I figured out a way to improve a little bit each time. But I think being able to master teaching takes a lifetime. I don't think it's something that comes overnight. Did you have some good teachers yourself? Yeah, I have good teachers. Uh, gosh, yes, I had a, uh, uh, yes, the answer is yes. Um, I had a first I think of, I had a clown teacher who was great. Yeah, I yeah. Clowning. I wanted to talk to you about clowning. Can you talk yeah, about I that? Yeah, I uh intensive with Itor Bazaar, Bazari, Bazari. Okay. Uh huh. And um, um, he's amazing. Probably like one of the best teachers I've ever had. Like huh. so good. And um, yeah, it was just a week, but it was like all day and mm -hmm. and late, and um. And I feel like clown is also a weirdo thing that it's like, I feel like it's like this weird, like ethereal, like, we're not really going to explain it. You got to kind of figure it out for yourself, but he mm. does explain it. You mm. still figure it out for yourself, does explain it in the best way I've heard, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm very like practical and I like... I like, like, this is the recipe. This is how you do it. This is a list of things to do. You know, like, I like very practical, like, this is how things are explained. Right. And that whole, like, wishy-washy, like, oh, you know, it's like, you got to find your own. Like, I understand, like, finding your own voice and finding mm -hmm. your own clown. But 
the same time, it's like, I feel like I've paid so much money and nobody can really explain this. And I feel like it's almost like this game they're playing where they're like, you know, oh, you got to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. Like, Tell me so I can explain it so I can apply. And I know like clowns get out of your head. I don't, brr, I don't know. <laughs> what, what made this teacher a good teacher? Like, uh, dares you in ways you don't think you're being dared. Like, we did this whole thing where the class had, like, they had this huge, like, jump rope. And everybody had to jump in and out of the rope and stuff. And it was, and, like, it was actually scary because I didn't realize how, like, oh, I don't know how to jump rope. I was like, why are we doing this? And then it was like, oh, look, I just accomplished something I didn't think I could accomplish. Okay, Uh... you got me, you know. Okay. And, like, we wore costumes the entire time. Like, I was a spider for a week. Uh Uh-huh. And you could do whatever. You chose spider? Yeah, well, I happen to have a spider costume, you okay. know, as you do, as you, as you What do. was the purpose of that? Just to kind of get you out of your head and just to, um, yeah, because you weren't, you weren't exploring the character, because you don't explore, it's you, it's not a character. Uh-huh. It's always you. Uh-huh. So you weren't, like, exploring a character, you weren't, mm-hmm. like, putting on a costume to put on a character, mm-hmm. but I think it was, like, just to, like... I don't want to say humiliation, but mm-hmm. like in a way to get beyond yourself, hmm. you know, because it's like, I look ridiculous mm-hmm. in a spider costume, mm-hmm. like get over yourself. You know, yeah. Get up, get up beyond yourself. Yeah. A lot of times in clown, um, they beat you up. Like huh. they can be so mean to the point where you cry, you know, huh. like and who the, the, your peers or the, the teacher, teacher. The oh. teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I feel like he was rough, but in no means was anybody going to cry. And if mm. you cry, it's okay, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't that extreme. He was like, let's just play and have fun versus mm-hmm. your shit. You need to feel like shit. And then you can find your clown. Hmm. Yeah. You know? I think Which there's I- a lot of that, like among, especially with acting, yeah. like acting coaches, like they kind of aim to break you down mm-hmm. and there's a purpose behind it, but it's also... A bit violent like there's definitely the whole um how do you say the whole concept of like film male film directors breaking their actresses yeah. you know taking them to the to the brink like they did yeah. with them like Lars von Trier did with Bjork for instance you know like turned her off acting forever you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah there's that whole thing I don't know what what it is with that Hitchcock what's did that didn't Hitchcock he? definitely did that a lot of a lot of directors Kubrick yeah all yeah. the so-called greats. Yeah. And I don't understand it because I feel like it's so, like, uh, like, I think the DP needs just as much, like, mm. DPs are just as important as directors. Oh, I think, huge. You know? Huge. And I feel like it's a, uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's a team. It's a team. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think there's this emphasis on the so-called auteur and yeah. that, that's why the weight goes on the director the male director the filmmaker the the auteur and you know that that theory has been debunked time and time again especially among cinema scholars you know like as we all as anybody knows who's worked in the industry they know that filmmaking is does not come from just the director every single person involved has a huge you know weight to them like you say the dp the editor oh my god the editor brings so much um mm-hmm. the and the actors themselves also can function as auteurs so 
Yeah, it's um I think the romanticization of the director, the filmmaker, the great man filmmaker, I think that has sort of um yeah, placed emphasis on the director and given them this status that they don't really own, to be honest. Or ego too. <laughs> like so many of them it's like, oh ego, like you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny because like I've I've done um some TV and commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had, I've only had one female director. Mm -hmm. oh, I've had ADs, first ADs, but yeah. one female director on a TV show. Like, mm. and yeah. And then I had a female director on a web series. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever had a commercial female director ever, ever. Mm. Yeah. How did you get into clowning? I mean, I know that you, you're from Indiana. That's where you were born yeah. and raised. Yeah. And then you wanted to get into show business. So is that when you just moved straight to L.A.? Or was there some in-between place? I So I uh, started it with dancing. I danced forever. I, da I danced forever. And then um, I started doing um, improv in high school. And I did musical theater in high school. And then... Uh, I went to Ball State University, uh -huh. and at Ball State, it was like you had to decide, you had to audition for your major, and I was like, oh, do I do musical theater, or do I do straight acting, and I decided, I never was a great singer, uh -huh. and um, so I just decided, you know, I'm just going to do, and also, I just, I enjoy acting the most, I uh -huh. think, um, yeah, 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 and I'm short, so it's like, I don't, not really the body, not the best chorus girl, you know, <laughs> I'm real short, not the best chorus girl, real short, you know. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, uh, I'll do, I'll, yeah. And I just liked acting better. So I went, did acting, I majored in acting in college. And in college I had a, uh, I did a semester of Comedia dell'arte, uh. which is the mass clown. Uh -huh. And I cried like every other day. And it was like one of the hardest classes I've ever taken. It was so hard. And then I had a professor who was like, you should do, go to LA because you're a weirdo. You're quirky. <laughs> It's like that's great, that's great, you know. So you go to like yeah, New York and try to be a chorus girl all your life, but well, short, you know. So I was like, <laughs> okay. So I was like, uh, so I came to LA, and then I did uh, a bunch of bunch of improv, mm -hmm. bunch of improv. Where? Uh, well, I did classes. I did Groundlings, mm -hmm. uh, iOS, Comedy. Mm. I was on like three improv teams at one time. Mm -hmm. I was working a full time job mm. and I cried in my car a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was just like really frustrated. And then my therapist, I was pursuing acting at the time. Mm -hmm. I'd done like, I did like a, I did a McDonald's Super Bowl commercial. That's and huge. Then, well, yeah, it was. But then I moved to a different agent and like nothing happened. Huh. Like, and then I, like, it was just, I don't know. I cried a lot in my car. My therapist was like, this is a lot for you. Maybe you just focus on stand-up. Because I was just starting stand-up at the time, too. Mm. And I was like, okay, you're probably right. She's like, write down your feelings, break up with everything, and just focus on stand-up. Just like, I'm just doing, I broke up with my improv teams. I was like, I'm just going to do stand-up. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for, like, six or seven years, just doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. And then my, uh, this is a long story. This is more than you asked for. No, my okay. uh, now acting manager mm -hmm. 
I was hosting a show at the Improv Lab, mm-hmm. and he was there, and he was like, hey, he was a theatrical agent at the time, he's like, I'd like to represent you, and I was like, that would be great. Mm-hmm. So he got me back into acting, and he changed my life, and I adore him, and I'm still mm-hmm. with him. So yeah, he's now a manager, because he was a theatrical agent, he left, and I was a manager, he took mm-hmm. me, and adore him, adore him, and um, stand-up is uh, very aggressive and stand up is like you five minutes you get up there you're like here's joke 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 you know right and you're almost teaching you're telling the audience hey this is the rhythm set up laugh set you know you're telling this is the rhythm is how we do it Mm -hmm. where clown is a lot more slower and it's more like i'm gonna make eye contact with everybody make sure we all feel safe okay (laughs) now oh i'm gonna do something did you see that did you like it so it's more Uh, exploratory yeah it's a different energy Uh uh-huh and I think there are elements of clown to put into stand up for sure. Um, I didn't know that you were hosting a show at the Hollywood Improv's The Lab. What show was that? It was just a one-off show. Um, Brett Gilbert, my friend Brett Gilbert, brought me in to host it. Oh, that's great. So it was his show. I don't remember the name of it, but uh-huh. it was his show. It was just a stand-up show, like a showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. great. And um, I felt like I bombed so hard that night. Like I. <laughs> because i was like oh gosh this is rough you know like, i remember going backstage to brett be like oh i'm sorry I'm you know? what day of the week was it do you remember oh it was like a weekday i don't know Tuesday or thursday baby i just felt like they were not with me and because i didn't think i felt like they weren't with me so i was like oh we're going weird real fast we're going hard <laughs> I was like doing songs in the middle of like I just I don't even know what I was doing. I was just like, okay, you're not yeah. on board, so I I don't I uh, tried. I kind of love those kinds of atmospheres, though, as intimidating as they are. Like uh-huh. it's it's similar to how these um, teachers of yours brutalized you and made you like and emphasize like get over yourself. The lesson here is get o- get the fuck over yourself and like the lesson in stand-up like that's our teacher like with stand-up comedy yeah like some people take classes i've never personally taken classes um but like i i feel like that's the greatest teacher when the room is so dead and it's so empty and it's so late and it feels like all hope is lost right and those are the nights like you know i like I got passed at the improv, but those are the nights that I get booked, you know, like midnight after midnight, like 1245 a.m., 1 a.m. on a Thursday or the day after New Year's, like, you know, like those days or Christmas Eve, you know, yeah. and it's like there's nobody there, but there are people there. There are some people there and it's like, and then there's the back of the room, like, like the, the sound guy and the host, you know, like they're your audience. And it's like, okay, it's super late. What do I do? You know? And then it's like, when you win those people, there's no greater feeling. Yes. Yes. And I think those people are there. Like they are still paying money. They still are there. You know, I've seen so many comics like crap on the audience, the small audience, and be like, "Why are you guys here? I don't want to be." And it's like, no, here, like embrace them more, coddle them, yeah, each other, you know. Exactly, like those are the people that are like, you know, that's the room to work. I feel like, and I love those kinds of rooms. Like even at like Flappers, um, you know, like it's like a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. ten p.m. 
you know, there were literally like 12 comics that just went up before me. Most of them sucked. Yeah. And then, and, and like about half of those comics yelled at the audience, right? And then it's yeah. like, I'm up. What do I do? Oh. Right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's an opportunity. That's a fucking opportunity to like win the people that the other guy just lost, you know? Yeah. I love those moments, you know, I love them so much. And they're the best teachers because it's literally like, okay, all hope is lost. The, the ship has sunk. All right. Everybody went down with it. Uh -huh. What do we do? How can we salvage it? You know, I yeah. love that so much. Yeah. That situation too. You learn that people appreciate differently. Yes. Like I heard a comic once say like audiences appreciate differently. Yeah. And I had a show one time. Oh gosh. It was the first show before I was married my in-laws saw me do i was hosting for bill dwyer oh. and uh the whole front row was not having it and they were mm. so quiet wow and i was like oh this is and my in-laws were there and i was like this is not going well you know <laughs> and um they just were not having it and i was just like so are you guys a group or are you together and they were yeah. like yeah it's a christmas party for a group of therapists <laughs> No, they're not gonna be yeah they're gonna be like mm -hmm. oh i understand oh funny mm -hmm. like they're you know what I'm saying a group of therapists they're not gonna be screaming and laughing they're gonna be like oh my god mm -hmm. that was that was concerning but okay that's i can see the humor in that and at the same time though like i don't know like at least 60 percent of my act was about like my trauma own trauma and mental illness and i was like oh this is dance and it was so fun and i feel like i was just performing for them and i yeah. laid on stage i talked about all the self-help books i've read and like like i was just like i just want your approval you know I yeah. just want my approval. like, like it, we just and i don't know if my in-laws were and like i went to the back and go to the back like bring on first comic yeah uh, go to the back and then uh, i think there was a feature there and uh, uh uh the headliner and they were like what is going on with them like, <laughs> you were working it, were working it. They yes it was like they're therapists yeah they're slow with you they're just not gonna hoot and holler and that's yeah that's okay. It's like you had to coach the comics into understanding a therapist's reaction to comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's okay. They're with you. You know, they're going to take it in, reflect. They're going to, you know, hear what you're saying. Oh, God. You know, they may not uh, be screaming and hootering and yeah. hollering, but they're so... But they're taking notes. Yes. Yeah, they're taking notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll have notes after the show. <laughs> oh that's amazing and oh, yeah God. it's usually the front row that's the hardest oh it was like 10 of them like yeah. it had to be like a therapist officers like ten, they were like this is our christmas party and I, and they were like probably like you know like 50s maybe mid 50s oh wow yeah that's tough like they're not gonna but yeah yeah. yeah i love that i love that story that's such a great that's so meta it's oh. like the most meta experience ever but I love, like, in improv, there's this saying, like, fall on the knife, hmm. you know, where it's mm -hmm. like, have you heard that? Where it's like, you know, like, a scene's going tanking or something, or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to murder myself, and I'm going to mm -hmm. fail, and it's going to hurt, and I'm going to humiliate myself, but I got to do it. And I feel Get like, when it. stand up, there's, that's, there's just those shows where you're just like, 
or even like I've seen audiences that just you know they don't like women you mm -hmm. know and it's like you see they're with the guy they're with the guy oh there's a girl mm, there's a guy there's a guy oh she's not gonna tell me anything I don't care you know right and then you get up there it's so it's true like it I is. Yeah, it happens. And you know, getting up there, like this is. I've had one show where I was like, I need to make it to my car before this guy comes out of the show. Ugh. You know, yeah. just one show where I was like, not very nice to him because I felt like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have a stupid. I will say a stupid <sighs> confidence uh -huh. in sometimes. A naivety, I don't know what you want to call it, with okay. like said things to hecklers or rude audience members that I don't know if I would say if I wasn't on stage. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. Like if I was just, and I've noticed that if I'm an audience member at a show, yeah, I will aggressively get on and on a another audience member. Like I'll aggressively, yeah. you need to like I will shut them down. Yeah. As a, you know i know it's because we, we we know we're in the business and we know what that's like for the person on yeah. stage i've seen i've seen that i was at a jim jeffrey show in seoul in korea uh -huh. they would not stop heckling jim jeffries you know uh -huh. jim jeffries stand up is long form it's like long form storytelling mm -hmm. these people would not stop shouting things in the middle of his, he, he like maybe 25 minutes in he just gave up doing the set that he was uh working on he started falling he started doing only crowd work like he mm. did crowd work for about 15 minutes and then the closer right like the closer the big finale that you're waiting for at every stand-up show right the closing bit he didn't do it he just didn't he recycled an old bit from like eight years ago that he did he just reused that which was mm -hmm. like i i'd say that's a big fuck you to the audience you know mm -hmm. it's like you paid what like seventy dollars to come and see me and i'm just gonna give you old recycled material that's been on hbo already that's probably on netflix and you could just look it up so yeah you've been a terrible audience like he didn't say it but mm. i feel like that was the uh, fuck you to us you know mm. because the audience was just horrible mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's awful that's awful it yeah. is awful when like it's kind of like tennis etiquette <laughs> you know <laughs> like like uh when you go to uh watch tennis you're not supposed to clap when somebody faults and then oh, okay. the opposing side wins a point. You're not supposed to clap. You're supposed to clap when somebody like d takes a really great shot and then wins that point. That's when you're supposed to clap. You know, um, there are moments when you should and shouldn't clap. Even in golf, there are all these etiquette, there's rules, right? Yeah. And I feel like with stand up, there's some of that too, even though stand up is like completely base, you know, but it's still performance. It's still theater. And with theater comes etiquette. And it's like when people are stupid drunk, which is yeah. at every comedy club, right? When they're yeah. black, like blackout drunk and they can't hold it together and they're shouting and heckling, mm -hmm. being rude, interrupting punch, stepping on punchlines, interrupting yeah. long form deliveries. It's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like bridal showers, br bridal parties. Yeah. Like they're loud and obnoxious. They wanted to be about them, and it's like we're not here. Like you're yeah. here to be part of this. Like you know this yeah. audience. Yes. 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 So but it's like in those moments when you're the stand-up, when you're the one on stage, that's when you got to fall on the knife. Yeah. And yeah. you got to be like, all right, well, fuck my material. It's not good. They're not going to have it. So we got to make yeah. it about them. And um, it's about 
being present, right? Like that's the, I, I was talking to Will Hines a couple days ago and you know, that's what he talks about in his book and it's what he teaches in his improv classes is like the emphasizing the present. And, but I feel like being present in every moment as an artist is the answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like even when you're doing stand up, yeah, you have your, your act, you know, you have the material, but like if the people are not receptive to it, then be present, adjust to the moment, adjust to them, make it about them and they're going to laugh real fucking hard, mm -hmm. right? And then they're going to have a great night. And even though you didn't say a single one of your jokes, they're still going to love you because you mm -hmm. gave them a great time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about the experience. It's about the experience more than the jokes. Yes. Yes. It's about the experience. It's about being in this moment with them. And I, I love it because it's like this, this moment only exists with this audience. This, this specific group of people in this time and this moment will never, ever exist mm -hmm. again. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like with yeah. these specific audience members with you at this time, you know, mm -hmm. and it's influenced by who came on before you, who's mm -hmm. after you, you know, yeah. Like, what is the day of the week? Like what happened politically today? <laughs> yeah. It's all. Yeah. It's yeah. All. We're all yeah. connected. Oh, that's so, that's so Buddhist. I love that. <laughs> all right. Let's get into some flashcard questions. You ready? Oh. Whoa, okay. Yeah. So let's say you're a 20-something-year-old woman. Okay. You're an orphan, okay? You're also a novelist, all right? And you're trying to break into screenwriting, okay? But you have no assets, no money. Um, the only thing you have is a nice house to your name, which your father built for your family before he and your mother passed away in a car accident when you were a child, all right? Mm -hmm. But one day, your two best friends... Um, they're a couple. They tell you that you want a, a free trip to China, okay? Um, but you get to China and you realize that the hotel reservation that they mentioned isn't there. There's no tourist company waiting for you. You're flat broke. You don't even have a plane ticket to get back home. What do you do? Uh, I call them and I say, please help me, friends. Can you send me money or can you help me to buy a plane ticket? What if they're not picking up? I mean, of course, that's what she does, but okay. they're uh, not picking up the phone. They're not picking up. Then I, uh, oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to strip just yet. I don't want to strip just yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hold that off a little bit. Uh, I... Do I have any other friends I can call to help? It's weird. Uh, no. Oh, Just gosh. these two friends. Yeah, very weird. No family. Okay. Not, not even distant relatives. Just no parents. No family. Okay. Just these are your friends. The only ones. Um, I, uh, then I take a job as a nanny and live <laughs> with the family as a nanny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. To okay. save money and then get back home? Yeah, to go back. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's say you're the same woman. All right. Okay. You get back to your home in Seoul, but you realize that your friends stole your entire savings and they sold your house to some asshole of an actor. You're a homeless bum. What do you do? Uh, murder them. <laughs> murder 
murder them. Yes. I murder my friends. Okay. With a stick that I found on the road <laughs> and the lid of a of a trash can that I found on the road. Okay. Very cost efficient, doesn't yes. doesn't break your bank. Okay. Yes. And then I also murder the actor and move back into the house. <laughs> and I I throw the bodies I bury the bodies in the basement, <laughs> but I get a, uh, like a, I try to find like a bleach situation <laughs> that'll like dissolve the bodies. Oh my God. Erase it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Murder. Very Sopranos. Murder. So you're still this broke homeless lady, but again, you, you meet this world famous actor. Okay. In fact, you met him on the flight to China. Okay. okay. And. When you guys are back in Seoul, he asks you to marry him in order to get back at a crush that rejected him. In exchange, he agrees that upon divorce, he will give you back your house. What do you do? Um, I marry him. Mm -hmm. I make sure there's a prenup in place mm -hmm. where I want to get my house. And mm -hmm. I'm also going to throw in some other treats in there, too. Like? I want a puppy dog. I want a golden doodle dog. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need some boots, so I'll get some boots in there. <laughs> and then I marry him, and we try to work it out. We try to be like, hey, this could be a thing, you know? Oh, okay, yeah, it could be a real yeah. marriage. All right. Yeah. But if it doesn't, yeah. you have your boots and your pup and your house. And my prenup, yeah. And then if I have to murder him, <laughs> I murder him to keep my house and get out of the prenup. Okay, yeah. you always have murder to fall back yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. All right. Great. Let's say your fake husband took you out for a drive, a joy ride. Okay. okay. And he was going to buy you a birthday present because it's your birthday. He was going to buy you dinner, but uh -huh. his old crush calls him and mm -hmm. says she needs to see him immediately. So he drops you off in front of the mall and tells you to wait for him. And he goes to see her. What do you do? Um, well, I, could, did I take his credit card before he dropped me off? Strangely, no. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Do I have money on me? I guess some. Not a lot. Okay. okay. I go drink by myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go drink by myself. I'm going to have an Auntie M's pretzel. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have a cookie. I'm going to have a Sally Fields cookie. Nice. Sally Fields cookie. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to drink by myself. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you would hit, like, the Ruby Tuesdays bar, and then yeah. you would hit the food court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, after I'm well drank up, I would call the girl. I'd yeah. call the girl, and I'd be yeah. like, listen, I murdered before. I murder you. I'm really I've done it before. Yeah, it's yeah. very easy. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd let her know to stay away from my man. My okay. Fake, my fake man. Good. All right. Yeah. Got to got to protect what's yours. Final question. Okay. Oh, it's fun. Okay. Now that your fake husband um, is unavailable, okay. right? Because you're married to him. His old crush wants him. Oh, you know how bitches okay. get. Oh. Mm -hmm. And she keeps calling him. And he goes to see her at her beck and call, like, all the time. All right? Meanwhile, you're developing feelings for your fake husband. What do you do? 
I uh say, hey, fake husband. This is a thing. I, we have romantic times together with our golden doodle. And we like, oh, we spend, I make sure that we have quality romantic times together. Uh -huh. And I try to explain to him, like, listen, she's only, we, she's bad news. We know she's bad. I try to, I try to reason. I start with hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Romance and reason. That's what I start with. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then uh, if he's still like, oh, but I got to call her back. Oh, but I wonder, her name's Brittany. That's what I say. Yeah. I wonder how Brittany's doing. <laughs> Then I uh, uh, say, oh, why doesn't Brittany come over? Why doesn't Brittany come over? And the two of us can, the three of us can have it out. Like, I make it sound sexy. <laughs> and then Brittany comes over, and then I murder her <laughs> in front of him and the dog. Oh, my God, the dog, too. Yeah, and the dog, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I then say, listen, buddy, you married me. You're locked in. Um, and I was like, I was like, you either love me or you love the taste of death. What's it <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, oh, you're right. I loved you all along. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then he, cause we got so many bodies in the basement. <laughs> yeah. He takes Brittany's body and throws it into the ocean. Uh huh. So he disposes of the body for me. So yeah. now he's like in it with me. Right. So yeah, and, and it's out of love, not out of fear. Right, right, right. Totally out of love. Yeah, yeah, he did that for me. Yeah, I love you as much as murder. Yes, yes. That's yes. real love. That's deep yeah. love. And a golden doodle. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's great. Yeah. That wraps up our flashcard series. Woo! Yeah, it was uh, so lovely talking to you, Natisha. Yeah, it's so good talking. We did it. Oh, my <laughs> we God. We did it. I was nervous, but yeah. we got through and it was fun. It's so good to see you. We did it. Was it was great seeing you. So we're going to talk about Search WWW. It was a TVN drama that came out in 2019. It's a very underrated show. Very, very underrated TV series. Not a lot of people talk about it, but I think it's a really great show that's got a very strong queer energy to it. Um, it's very, very strong. It's not even a subtext. It's like... The text is like, this is a very, like, lesbian drama. I love it. It's got a very intense female same-sex energy to it. It's got very strong, like, queer bulldike energy to it. It's, it's fascinating. I think it's a great show. As always, if you have questions for me, you guys, just email me, all right? Email me. Reach out. Kdrama at gmail.com. So easy to remember. Okay? And then you could follow me on all the socials. Hello? You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok. I have fun videos and things on there for you to look and check out. Okay? At KDrama School. All the handles are the same. And then subscribe to YouTube. Yes, you can watch this podcast on YouTube. Hello? At KDrama School. Look it up. It's there. I'm there. Alright? And folks, if you haven't already, please leave a review right? Like just go to Apple Podcasts, just leave five star rating, leave a little review, say something nice, you know, whatever. If you learned something, you know, if you learned something you never knew before, just just say you you appreciate that I'm dropping some knowledge. If, if you laughed at something that went on in, in any of these episodes, just say, I laughed. It was funny. Say something nice. It's hard to say nice things. 
It's hard to say nice things about people sometimes. It takes effort, but let's get into the practice of saying nice things. And you can start with me and K Drama School. So that is all for today. I really appreciate you. I will see you all next week.